In the world of business, profit is everything. Those that are not profitable are condemned from memory. And the most important business of all is watching anime. Whale. Um. Back. To. The. Weekly. Anime. Performance. Review. The. Show. That. <laughs> we. Review. Stuff. Every. <laughs> week. Question mark. Did you guys not learn the fucking intro? I was intentionally screwing it up. Yeah. <laughs> not that I kept forgetting that I had to go again. You guys haven't even been paying attention to the fact that I to the intro I gave each week. Anyway, yeah. Uh, in case you couldn't tell, this is the weekly anime performance review. The show we review the performance of anime weekly. We are your three high-powered anime business executives. I'm John, your CEO of Weebs. I'm Chris, and what is love? And I'm Andrew, the CEO of Definitely Not Pac-Man. <laughs> Chris, uh, you're going to appreciate my summary of, uh, of Venitas then. Good. But anyway, uh, speaking of summaries, we have technically only five shows to talk about this week because uh, <clears throat> Remake Our Life is having a recap this week. We fired Dungeon of Black Company after last episode. We are down to our top six. All right. And the first of those is, of course, the Aquatope on White Sand. In this episode, the aquarium staff and Udon decide to start selling frozen treats to attract customers to the aquarium. Kukuru tells an old, talks to an old man who visits the aquarium each year and experiences a vision. She promises that she'll keep the place open to visit next year. I liked this episode. I did, too. It was yeah. a bit more uh, slice of lifey than some of the episodes of this show. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun, though. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they went to get ice cream because their initial idea was ice cream. But they're like, damn, that's going to be hard to get a permit for. Yeah. Dairy licenses. <laughs> Food safety. Dairy is like. Damn. I can't believe we used to drink dairy before we invented pasteurization. Yeah, but that's also in the time where, like, we just die. <laughs> People did just were, did just be dying back in those days. I mean, yeah. there's parts of the world where that still happens, unfortunately. I thought it was cool how they in, what they ended up with with like all the different like sea themed ice shaped ice. Yeah, and I gotta say, Japan is like miles and miles ahead of the rest of the world on like novelty snack foods. Yes, like you get. Avengers themed Oreos and it's just normal Oreos with the Avengers logo. Whereas like in this show you get penguin shaved ice that is like has like cookies in it that make it look like a penguin. Mm-hmm. And the like flavoring is poured as a penguin and all this stuff like it was it was a little fun. It was you know it was much lower stakes than last episode I think. Even though they were making shaved ice and not steak, yeah. uh, <laughs> but um, was that 
Kukuru's future self that she saw in her vision? I think it was supposed to be. It was her sister. Because it was the whole thing was that it's like um people who died. Yeah. People who died or who aren't born yet, according to that one vision. Yeah. But like are like a minute from being born. Or it could just be people who are important to you. That's it. That could be it too. Because the old guy saw his older brother, mm-hmm. who I think is kind of implied to have died in the war. I think that so they opened a store together and then something happened. I don't remember. The business just failed and his brother died. His brother died before he started the business and he like wanted to do the business to honor yeah. his brother. So I do like how this episode is kind of like, don't... Part of the reason also why they didn't shouldn't have done ice cream is that ice cream is like that's there's not a way to make that aquarium thing but that's something that um udon actually had to think about was like well we can't just do the base boring flavors of like cherry and banana and watermelon and whatever but what makes the aquarium unique and how do we capitalize on that i don't know I've, i if, if ben and jerry have taught me anything it's that you can make an ice cream flavor out of anything they can't afford to have like 50 different ice cream flavors I'm I'm glad you liked this one, Andrew. I um, I was talking to a fan of the show, and he was like, "Oh, Andrew's gonna hate this episode." I thought the episode was fine. Yeah, I don't I don't think Andrew's like, "Oh, I hate this show." He's just not enjoying it. Right. Like, I feel like we had a pretty good season where most shows were not terrible. Yeah, we haven't had any show where I was like, "Fuck this show, get it out of here immediately." And so this show is just on the bottom of my list. It's at the top of my list, so I'm going to vote to retain. I'm going to fire. I'm not sure where it is on my list, but I'm still retaining. Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) Next up on the list is the case study of Vanitas. At lunch the next day, Vanitas tells everyone that he let Jean feed on him. She asks him not to tell anyone else, and he agrees on the condition that she only feed on him. Vanitas and Noi dance, and Noi asks, What is love? Baby, don't hurt. Anyway, uh, God, that song is so. I can't, I just had that song stuck in my head ever since I watched this episode. But anyway, that's the episode. Do you want to talk about it? No. Oh, okay. This show, or this episode was actually, I think, pretty good, even though it Mm -hmm. wasn't that action y, which is. Yeah. Normally these shows aren't like that, you know. We had a lot of we had a lot of talky episodes this week. I felt like. I mean, we have a, in general. I feel like we have a talky season. Yeah, but like even our less talky shows were talky this week. Anyway, uh, whoever wrote this show is way into femdom, based on the all the way all the scenes of the vampires feeding on people go. Yeah. Yes, but also vampires are inherently like. Vampires are inherently BDSM-y, dumb. Like, I, I think, a... I think basically vampires have been sexy since like, since like they like since like the modern day like conception of vampires started in the early nineteenth century. Anyways, um, I, I don't know if this show is gay or not. <laughs> it, it is, it is, uh. They they kind of ship everyone with everyone. Yes. <laughs> and I love that Vanitas' whole thing with John is he's like, 
the whole reason I like it is because I know she doesn't like me back because I'm a little freak like that. And I love how Noe's like, but isn't that the whole point of liking someone? <laughs> yeah, it does. It certainly doesn't help Noe's confusion about what love is. Uh, <laughs> but like, they also had uh, Domi and Jean dance in this episode to try and make Noe jealous. Yes, but I think it, it's hard to tell who he's jealous of. Like, he was jealous that Jean fed on Vanitas first, but he was jealous because Vanitas' blood would taste good. Yeah. But is that really the reason? Like, well, it's also, is there something inherently sexual about the taste of blood? I mean, it's always been kind of a horny thing for vampires to drink blood. I guess, I guess what I mean is like, like, is it he t- he smells like he would taste really good, or is it like he smells, his smell makes me horny? I'm, horny and hungry are not that different a feeling. I disagree, but because we have Noe loves Tartantin, and but then Vanitas gives him his food, but then we have him running off and leaving his food behind that he likes but is he watching because he wants blood or like it, it's very all the relationships are kind of ambiguous in this show yeah. which is fine Here, let's let's just define all of these relationships they're just all horny for each other yeah this show is very horny wait till Lord Ruthven shows up that's endgame for this show for sure. But it's a lot of fun. Uh, this episode kind of took a, like a backseat from the plot to more talk about the characters' relationships, which I don't really mind. No, I think that's fine, especially like it, it needs to happen every now and then. Mm-hmm. I also feel like the characters' relationships with each other are more important than the plot. Yeah, I think so too. Like the plot is more a vehicle to get these characters to do things together. You're probably right. Yeah. I'm going to retain. I'm also retaining. Ditto. That is three retains for the case study of Vanitas. Next up on the list is Girlfriend, Girlfriend, Girlfriend. In this episode, (laughs) Saki's mom really wants her to bone down. So Saki and Nagisa wind up getting into a cosplay arms race. Milika realizes that she really, truly does love Naoya, but leaves before he can finish talking to her about it. Um, Some of the etchy shots in this episode were a bit much, in my opinion. But, I don't know, it was still funny, at least. This episode, it's it's not that I mind the etchy shots, because rom-com anime wouldn't, but it's, like, this isn't unique. Like, none of the humor in this had to be in the show, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, but, like... Because, like, what jokes have really had to be in this show? I just mean, like, jokes that play in the dynamic between two-timing, whatever, blah, 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 you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And these were more of just the same jokes, but repeated with two different people, I feel, for the first part, at least. The jokes weren't ne- weren't really the same for either of them. But I do. I will agree that the jo- the first two segments for the cosplay were the same joke over and over for those segments. 
Uh, I, I still do like the dynamic of all these characters, though. Mm -hmm. I, I guess this episode just didn't quite do it for me as much, but yeah. I don't know. I'm still into this one for the most part. So I think what happened this episode was that the cosplay segments were basically a extension of Nalia's dynamic with each of the girls individually, because I feel like we haven't really gotten a ton of him one-on-one -on -one with them in a while. Mm -hmm. Like, it's been more about the broader dynamic of their relationships, and now it, this one was just kind of focusing down for each girl in turn. Yeah, and their costumes do kind of reflect their characters in that Saki is very horny on main, and um, Nagisa is creepily devoted to Naoya. Yes. Uh, so I'll give it credit for that, instead of just like, you know, they both did something that reflects who they are as characters, instead of just like, doing random costume outfits, especially because Nagisa does literally all the housework. You just weren't really into it. Not really. Yeah, that's fine. I'm still willing to give it another shot, so I'm still going to retain for this week. Uh, but I don't know. This episode wasn't quite as much my yeah. thing. I'm also going to retain it. I'm going to fire. Okay. That is two retains and one fire for girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. Next up on the list is the Ida Ten Deities No Only Peace. Uh, content warning before we talk about the Ida Ten Deities No Only Peace. Uh, we get into some pretty serious um, discussions of rape because it becomes a plot point in this show. So if that makes you uncomfortable, you can skip to the time code for Sunny Boy, which will be in the description of this episode. Uh, thank you. In this episode, all three of the demons are subdued and brainwashed via Eastley's surgery. The Edatons speculate on the nature of the Demon Lord, while the Zobel folks realize that Reen is protecting the seal on the original demons. I don't like how much of this show hinges on rape. Yeah. That's a little sussy. I, you know what? I'm not going to use meme words. It was uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Thankfully, it's the bad guys, at least. Yeah. I, I feel like it's kind of a cheap writing tactic but, to make, like, make yeah. you hate the villains by just making them rapists. I also feel like they treat it a bit too much as, like, a bit. Where it's like, oh, ha, 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 I'm, I'm raping you, but also you kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because there's something common in a lot of, um, like, I, I don't know the quite the right word, but like, in a lot of porn of, like, oh, rape, but you actually like it, and it's like, that's not, yeah. no. I, I also was kind of disappointed by how quickly the whole fight that they, like, hyped up the last episode resolved. Yeah, well, something I realized during that fight is that the Edaton are almost immortal. So it's kind of like the stakes are very low whenever they fight because they've just pounded everything into dust. Because, like, they ended last episode on, like, big versus splash screens for each of them, and it was just, like, nothing. Yeah, over within, like, five minutes. Like, I get, like, Reen, like, effortlessly smashing all of them, but, like, our main characters? <laughs> Yeah. 
I also wasn't a huge fan of like how the they got the villains to become good in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I'm fine with like the whole like brain experimentation. I just don't really like like just because it's kind of like Easley is kind of a moral ambiguity in the show and so he would do morally ambiguous things. It's just I don't really like how the villains are just oh, we're good guys now. Yeah. Especially if they're just going to become like part of the main cast and we just yeah. have to, in the back of our minds all the time think like they're not doing this of their own will. They were mm -hmm. like medically altered <laughs> even if they were assholes before. Right, and it, it would make more sense if he disabled the part of their brain that made them think like a demon or something like that, you know? Because then they still have free will. Or take a page out of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where they have a vampire become a good guy by he gets a chip implanted in him that makes it so he can't attack humans. And so he just turns good over the course of the series by... By just being forced to. Yeah. Because actually converting a demon to be good is a good um, conversation about like nature versus nurture and how like... Mm -hmm. Just because you're a quote-unquote demon doesn't mean you can't be a good guy. Yeah. It's just they kind of took everything interesting out of that character arc by just having it happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this one was weird. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to give it a fire this week. Yeah, I'm also giving it a fire. I think I'm going to retain. Okay. Because I still enjoy most of it. I've enjoyed the rest of it, I guess I should say. Next up on our list is Remake Our Life. LOL recap. Next on our list is Sunny Boy. In this episode, Miss Aki gets all the kids to blame Nagara for causing them to go adrift. But Mizuho suspects that it's her. The group begins to suspect that there's more to Nag Nagaro's power than they thought, and that he can create worlds instead of travel to them. So they speculate that maybe all the worlds that he's brought them to were actually worlds that he created, essentially, rather than, like, worlds that just existed out there. Yeah, and it comes about that he's the one who saved the island earlier when it burned down, because he just created a new island. Second island! <laughs> Which actually, does that mean that the rule for this one, like, they no longer have to pay for stuff? I hadn't considered that. But that's a good well, point. But if it was also a recap, uh, like a recreation of the original world, all the rules might have, yeah. Mm -hmm. Might have carried over. Only one way to find out. <laughs> you know, would be fun to test, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, what's Miss Aki's deal? Aside from, like, they made an anime character specifically designed to make me horny. Yeah, that's what they had in mind when they made her. <laughs> yeah, they listened to the podcast and, like, they went down on a checklist. Except there's, they left some stuff off, so not really. But anyway, um, she's insane, but also maybe is running some kind of fucked up social experiment? 
question mark slash has big plans for like one of those kids who has like the really strong superpowers Can't remember i kind of wonder if she's not actually their teacher like if she's the new ruler or something no because they were talking about how she seems different than she was mm-hmm. in when they were at school she's a robot <laughs> I mean, could be, but I doubt it. I feel like she'd be more like just a construct of like she's not the actual teacher, but she was designed to look like her. Mm-hmm. Because I think she said she was sent by God. Yeah. So Who could... speaks to more than just a student council boy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mizuho says that she likes she heard the voice of God. And I think uh Nagara heard it when he was crying in the school too, right? Yeah, he was like, "It's you can still fix it. So now we're kind of seeing more of the earlier dynamic where they're not on the same page anymore. They're kind of turning against our main group again because they all think this is Nagara's fault that they're here. Right, well, it's kind of interesting because the... Okay, um, she said, A, it's Nagara's fault, and B, you can't go back. But they only listen to the it's Nagara's fault part because they're like, hey, take us back. You don't want to. And that's why we can't go back or whatever. But she just said you can't go back. That means whatever you do, you're not going to be able to. And they completely ignored that. But they're just focusing on what they want, Mm -hmm. not listening to the whole thing. Like it's kind of an extension of the whole um, fire thing from a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. where Everyone blamed um, Mizuho. They blamed her for all the fire happening and burning stuff when it was just kind of a... Like, Nagara was just like, oh, I saw this in the woods, and everyone just kind of went out and was like, oh, it's her. Right, and they're not even letting him defend himself at all. Yeah. Like, they bring him in and are like, hey, just explain everything that's happening, and he's... And, like, they don't really listen to what he says, but also he's not really saying anything. No, but that's also him. Like, Nagara is a very passive person. I still like this one a lot. Yeah. It's very weird. (laughs) Oh, and we didn't even mention the fact that they went to, like, the Pac-Man world and beat Pac-Man and got a computer mouse for it. (laughs) Yeah, and so apparently if they, quote-unquote, beat some of these worlds... What exactly that means, I don't know. Um, they get like an artifact that helps because, like, the mouse can unravel anything, whether it's clothing or like a puzzle or something. Yeah, like just bring the mouse to Aki and it just unravels the mystery. <laughs> yes, the mystery. <laughs> the mystery. Anyway, I'm still enjoying this one a lot, so I'm going to retain it. Yeah, I'm also going to retain. I'm retaining as well. All right. That is three retains for Sunny Boy, which means that the only thing getting eligible to be fired this week is <laughs> Ida Tendiety's Only Peace. So, goodbye. More like the Pita Tendiety's. Now the Ida Tendiety's are going to know only poverty, because they don't have a job no more. Ida Tendiety's. Because they're just going to fucking die. So... Uh, We are down to five shows now. We will see you back for our uh, next regular episode on uh, August 25th.
Uh, if you like what you heard here, you can follow us on Twitter at Wappercast for updates and funnies about our show. Uh, so we, we might be doing some extra content over the next couple weeks, uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, but our next regular episode will be up on August 25th, next Wednesday. All right. Uh, so I have been John, your uh, CEO of Weebs. I have been Chris in Baby Don't Hurt Me. And I've been Andrew, CEO of Close-Up Views of the Crotch. Beep boop, ravioli. There was...